Blog Talk Radio. If you were looking around for a place to be able to get information and support, if you happen to currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, you have arrived and landed at the right spot in the right time. This is Robert Rogers, and this also is Parkinson's Recovery. I want everybody to know that I have just last week completed the editing on my book, the Road to Recovery uh, from Parkinson's Disease. It's a second edition, an update of everything that's happened over the last year. There are many additional pages and much more information available than the 2010 edition. So I let everybody know uh, several weeks ago, uh, hold off if you're thinking of buying the book because there's going to be a new edition out. So I want everybody to know that new edition has finally been released. Uh, you can uh, purchase it on Amazon, or you can go to a page that gives a much more complete description of the book, and that address is www.parkinsonsdisease.me. My guest today is Tom Robinson, and I've got some words that uh, describe him. Encouraging, empathetic, collaborative, probing, accepting, persistent, compassionate, spiritual, And here's a quote from Tom that I pulled from his website. Quote, I love coaching. I love the idea of coaching, the concepts behind it, the results it produces, and I love doing it. Tom Robinson, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Robert. So tell everybody about yourself. I know everybody's curious about who, who are you and what's your story. My story, um, I never thought I would end up here. Uh, My degree uh, initially was in electronic engineering. I was a software engineer for over 25 years, but I found myself more and more dissatisfied with that, and um, I eventually left it and went into, um, stopped along the way with um, team building, but that didn't work out because of a slow economy and ended up in, uh, in coaching and at that time, I had a severe uh, chronic illness, Crohn's disease myself, and so I uh, thought, well, I will coach, and I got I got through it. I got my health back, got my life back, and I decided to coach other people to do the same, and, and I love doing it, and um, I know healing is possible. I don't know how much, and, and emotional healing is just as important as um, physical healing, I think. And um, just seeing the results that people have is, is just more rewarding than engineering could have ever been. So I'm really glad to be doing it and really glad to be here. I want everybody to know that uh, the reason I am connected to Tom Robinson is several individuals have received uh, coaching support from him persons who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's and reported back that those sessions, that time, that experience was extremely useful and helpful. If you'd like to be able to connect in with Coach Tom Robinson, now's the time. You can get free coaching services. All you have to do is call the following toll-free number if you live in the United States. It's 877 
5900733. If you live outside the United States, as I know many of you do who are listening to this show, you can connect in and talk with Tom directly through your computer. So if you have a microphone, you'll be able to connect in uh, and be able to ask him questions and or get some consulting uh, and some support for whatever kinds of challenges you might currently be confronting. So you mentioned, Tom, there are clearly physical and emotional challenges that individuals who currently confront a chronic illness face. Do you think it's more important to address the physical or is it more important to address the emotional challenges such as anxiety and depression for individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease? Yeah, thank you for the question, Robert, and my answer is yes. Meaning that both are important. Both both are very important and they're both interrelated. So when you address one, the other improves. And if you address the emotional, the physical improves. And if you address the physical, the the disease symptoms effectively, then the emotional improves. My specialty is the emotional symptoms, but they are both very important. So doing so them both I, at the same time sounds like would be your package of recommendations. That's exactly my package, yes. And... Um, yeah, you, it sounded like you were going to ask another question. Well, I was just uh, going to move to a more specific uh, inquiry about individuals who currently experience uh, the symptoms of Parkinson's with regard to lessening their anxiety and stress. How in the world can persons actually accomplish that in such a stressful world that we live in? Well, that's a good question. And... Um, what what I would tell someone who is uh, struggling with anxiety or depression or things like that, and those are, of course, very common with Parkinson's as they are with other chronic illnesses. And what I would say to you, if, if that's what you're um, struggling with, is how would you help someone who you cared about, whom you cared about, lessen their anxiety? If you had somebody else and it wasn't you, um, how would you help them? Well, uh, I bet you would let them know you cared about them. You really cared. I bet you'd give them a shoulder to cry on. You would give them empathy and you'd give them compassion. And you'd be there for them. And the best way I know to lessen the anxiety from Parkinson's is to do all those things for yourself as often as you can and as much as you can and keep doing them. Keep doing that every day. That's that's what I would say, and, and it works. It it definitely works. I can tell you that for myself and for, you know, on behalf of many many people, whom I've worked with over the years. And in so doing that, a person can talk at themselves while looking in the mirror, or they can rattle through some thoughts or meditations that accomplish the same thing. I suppose there are lots of different ways people can accomplish There's, that. There, there, there are lots of different ways. The mirror works. I use the mirror. Um, here, I'm going to say it on the, on the radio. Right here on my desk, I have a five-inch high teddy bear. And the teddy bear, he's, he's propped up against the Kleenex box so he stands up because he stands up better than he sits down. And he has a Band-Aid across his chest and across his heart. And that's that teddy bear there represents me, and it's a re constant reminder for me to do what I'm telling you for myself 
because I do it for emotional as well as physical things. And um, and I have that reminder to do it every day. And, and, and I'm big on reminders to, to help yourself because otherwise, you know, we drop things out and I suggest putting your watch on your opposite hand and then you go to look at the time. Oh, it's not. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be compassionate with myself. Uh, you know, or yellow stickies on the mirror, all kinds of different things. But yes, just just whatever works for you. As a person who has experienced a debilitating and challenging chronic illness, it sounds like your experience has been that dealing solely or exclusively with the physical is simply not enough, that you've actually got to do both the physical and the emotional. Am I right about that? I think, in my experience, you're absolutely right, Robert. Um, and and I think I don't think they go away. I mean, as we get older, we we uh, have even healthy people have challenges, health challenges, and I think we all go through emotional challenges. You know, whether it's serious illness in the family, loss of a job, you know, chronic illness like Parkinson's, any number of things, divorce. Life is full of them, and so, and especially when we're dealing with something as as, as challenging as difficult as Parkinson's, um, I think this is absolutely essential to to um, having a life that you know worth living. That's that's that we can go beyond this. We we do this for ourselves, and then we can go beyond it and connect with others and help others. But first, we have to start with ourselves. Talk with Tom Robinson or even get a free mini coaching session. Call the following toll-free number, 877-590-0733. Click the number one on your phone pad, and that will let me know that you'd like to be able to connect in and have a direct conversation with him right now. So how can people with Parkinson's disease stay hopeful? Well, you know, you might wonder about that, but but you know that there are alternatives. Um, there are always things that we can do to um, that. Well, let's see. The doctor will give us. Uh, the doctor gives prescribes treatments that that have been quote unquote proven. You know that are accepted, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they're not. And and I don't. Uh, I think doctors have their place. But I do know that uh, drug companies uh, will not market drugs that don't have a large profit potential. And I know there's a lots of different things, uh, herbs and all kinds of things that have proven effective for people, but there's no profit potential. Um, so individuals don't have a profit motive, and, and they can try things out. And I think you know there's lots of information on the Internet. And I don't say try everything you read about. You know, be uh, judicious and, and, and cautious, but um, we're in charge of our own health, not not our doctor. And um, I, I, you know, doctors prescribe. I, I don't want to cross a line here. I mean, and and give you cart, give people carte blanche. But I'm responsible, and uh, I figured I was the one in charge. And the doctor gave what I considered to be recommendations, and then I made the final treatment. Not not that I would ignore what he said. So um, I don't know. If, uh, I hope this is making sense. But there's there's two parts to, um, I think there's two parts to the answer to your question about staying hopeful. And that is, um, 
looking at how we can get better physically, and that's the part I was addressing there, that we keep looking and seeing what's out there. And medical science is making continual advances in uh, stem cell reach and other Stem cell research um, and other things like it, you know, can may well be, you know, tremendously helpful for a lot of people. And um, so, there's reason to stay hopeful about that. Um, and I did, you know, when, before my disease went into remission, I was following that and looking to see what was coming out, and and, um, and they found something that worked for me, along with the alternative treatments I tried. So that's that's one part of the answer. The other part of the answer, though, is to take a look and say, or I think, well, okay, here I am, and this is my condition today, you know, and I don't have a crystal ball. I mean, I'm doing things to help myself get better. better. However, I don't have a crystal ball. What if it doesn't get better? What can I do to to have a life that I enjoy more? You know, whether it's uh, a phone call every day to a friend uh, getting involved in social causes, growing flowers, um, getting music that you love, all kinds of different things. Just say, you know, there are things, and, and if you get caught up in the upset about it, then you overlook those things, but they're there for all of us. You know, eat foods that we enjoy, be around people we love. All those kinds of things. So I, I consider that like a wearing two hats. One hat is the looking at the treatment and being open-minded and, and you know, your own researcher, being your you know, for uh, finding out as much as you can about Parkinson's and looking at what makes sense and and uh, and doing that. On the other hand, doing everything you can to get the most out of the life you have right now. So so that's that's what I would say in answer to your question about um, staying hopeful. Oh, I, I, I did want to mention one other thing, um, and I heard about this story uh, many years ago, and, and I really loved it. Uh, this motivational speaker uh, had a workshop of 400 or so people, and he told everyone they could have a wonderful life. And uh, this guy in the audience raised his hand and challenged him. And so when the spotlight went on him, it was clear that um, – I mean, he was he was not sitting in a regular chair. He was in a wheelchair in, in the aisle. And um, his story was that he was an outstanding athlete in high school and, and um, going on to college. And, um, you know, he got accolades. He got lots of dates. And then all of a sudden he got in, a, in an accident, and um, he was going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And... So here's a big challenge. So, so, so the um, the trainer had him come up on the stage. They lifted the wheelchair, and he came up on the stage, and he started asking him questions. And he said, "Well, when you when you were a star athlete, what did you feel like?" And when he described the feelings, it was wonderful. People admired him and respected him, and just he felt great, and he felt at the peak. You know, just capable of doing all kinds of things. So that's that's really good. What what might you do now that would give you those same kind of feelings you had back then? Like, whoa, he hadn't thought of that one. And he gave him the assignment to do that. And um, it was obvious it had been a big shift for this guy. And the seminar leader um, said uh, that. Five months later or so, 
he saw this guy's picture on the cover of Parade Magazine, which is the weekly insert for lots of newspapers around the country. And he was climbing up a, you know, a mountain, a cliff, a sheer cliff face with a wheelchair. I mean, you know, just just his arms. So obviously he'd been motivated and and the you know, the um being a paraplegic did not stop him from doing that. When he had a you know, a shift and saw everything in a different light, it just freed him to go and live his life the best possible in ways that, you know, I don't think I could have predicted. And and so, you know, there there's more available to us than we than we can imagine. So yeah, we uh just there's there's lots of reasons. Many reasons to stay hopeful. Uh, whether you know when 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 you have Parkinson's or any other chronic illness. Speaking from the perspective of a man, and certainly many individuals listening to this are men, it sounds like then the formula is I need to be hopeful that I can address my physical as well as my emotional challenges. Now, as a man, I know how to address the physical. I know how to go to doctors and learn about all kinds of different natural or non-intrusive therapies. I can experiment with those. Now, the emotional turns out to be a bit more of a challenge in the sense that uh, when oftentimes people turn to me and they say, so, Robert, how are you feeling? I have to say, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the name is. I'm sorry, I can't tell you. And I notice when sometimes I'm in groups uh, and a facilitator will look around the room. You know, women oftentimes are eager and willing to label words to how they're feelings. But uh, for me, it's like, I don't like, sorry, I can't give a word to what I'm doing. So how does a man uh, get started with being able to address emotional challenges when that's been tough over the course of their life? Yeah, it, it is different sometimes for us. And let me ask you a question, Robert. Are you a father? Yes. And 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 do you have a son? Yes. Okay. And if and imagine he's gotten hurt, or if he gets hurt, do you um, do you give him reassurance? You know, and do you, oh, do you yeah. let him know that yeah. you? Yes, of course. Yes, I'm right there for him. And so if you get frustrated with an illness or a you know a challenge or any any kind of thing do you think you could do that for for the guy in the mirror I think I could try <laughs> <laughs> and and, here, and here, here's here's another That's what thing you were mentioning earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and here's another thing: the uh, people, um, you know, men might want to consider is we think we're just one person, one ego, one identity, and I have found that's not the case. We we um, you know we often have a tough side, us guys, but we have a soft side too. So we can give that tough side a name, you know, maybe Jack, I don't know. And Jack's feeling kind of maybe vulnerable or not sure what's going on. Okay. And and uh, let's be in tune with Jack and see what he needs, ask him what he needs. When we do that, then then all of a sudden we stop being completely identified and it, it allows us more access to those feelings. Does that make sense? It does indeed. So, so that's what I would say to. That's one of the things. I mean, there, there's there's lots of different ways to go about it. Um, you know, a letter to yourself. Uh, for many years, I 
carried a picture of myself, you know, at, at six years old in my wallet to remind me of, of that part of myself. And, and I shared with you that I have the, the teddy bear because I forget, too. I mean, I'm, I'm not a me. I, I coach people, you know, on this stuff. At the same time, I'm, I'm prone. I'm, I'm, I'm a man, and you know, and I'm prone to be a tough guy. And oh, I got to get this out and stay up till one or two and do whatever it takes. But there's something more important than that, than doing that for all of us. You know, staying in touch with, staying in touch with our vulnerability and our feelings. Many people who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's are perplexed by the following challenge. How do they tell their family and friends that they have Parkinson's disease? What's your answer to that? Well, what I would say first is, um, I mean, that can be a hard thing to do. You know, you don't know what they're going to how they're going to respond, and you may have had a certain role in the family, father, mother, you know, go-to person, strong person, whatever, and all of a sudden things are going to change. And and this is a, a situation where you don't want to be the tough guy with yourself and say, I should, I should just go and do this. And I'm not saying whether to do it or not, but be gentle say, wow, this is, I'm finding this hard to do. You know, this this feels kind of scary. I, I don't know how. So to acknowledge those and to be gentle with yourself, you know, just like you would be, again, going back to the other, um, you know, you, that question about lessening anxiety, just be gentle. And, you know, I might say, boy, Tom, you're, have, you're having a hard time. This, this, is, this feels really difficult, a thing to communicate. Uh, to the you know to your family and the people close to you, and, and acknowledge that, and then um, and then you can um, when when you go to the to those people you can say um, you know um, this is hard for me to say and acknowledge it to them too, just because that helps it helps you move forward. It, you know you don't have to get it perfect and you know it doesn't have to be unhesitating and just blurted out or whatever no i'm having a hard time saying this um but i want you to know that that um i've been having symptoms of parkinson's disease and you might get the response yeah i i i, I could see that something was going on but i wanted you i wanted to let you uh, tell me when you were ready or you know don't worry, I love you just as much as I always have. I mean, I haven't heard of a bad response. But that doesn't mean that it's not difficult. And we, we pretend like life should be easy, communication should be easy. We should be able to do it, no matter how difficult. And I think that's not true, you know. That's, that's, that's often BS. So be gentle with yourself when you do it. And, and, then, and then when the time's right, you know, Tell the people, and you'll find out that they may know, or, or you know, they're going to be on your side. I, I haven't heard of a case where that's not true. I'm going to ask you a double-barreled question: When and how does a person tell their employer that they currently have the symptoms of Parkinson's disease? Yeah, that, that can be that can be difficult. No, no question about it, Robert. Because uh, there's there's a lot on the line there, or there there can be a lot on the line, and 
you know, and I can't say it's not going to be hard. I mean, there could be consequences, and I'm not going to pretend, nobody could pretend that they're not there. I mean, you can pretend, but that doesn't change the fact that there, you know, there are potential consequences to that. And so I'll go back again to being gentle with yourself and saying, you know, and say, have you seen in the mirror, Robert, I I get that this is really difficult and scary for you to do this. And at the same time, be truthful. You know, um, I'm having these symptoms and, you know, I'm able to do most of my job or maybe, maybe there's some things that I'm not able to do anymore. So don't sugarcoat it. Be, you know, be truthful about it with yourself. And then then after you've had that conversation with yourself, look at your job and and look at what you can do. You have um skills, knowledge and things and, and look at how you can continue ways you can continue to add value to the company. Maybe it can be the same ways, maybe it can be different ways, you can work from home, less hours. And you might want to brainstorm this, you know, by yourself or with other people and come up with all this now, if if your symptoms don't affect your job, your performance, then in my view, it, you know, it's totally up to you whether you know whether or not you tell your boss. However, if they do affect your job performance, then then I think it's best to be proactive and acknowledge that and say yes, this is this is what's happening. And I've been looking at this and thinking about this, and I think this could work out as a win for both of us. You know, I can continue to do this, and 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 I'll work from home on these days. And and if you've been a good contributing employee up until then, most employers, you know, want to do the right thing. And and if you can come up together with a way that's a win-win for both, then then that's the way to go about it. That's what I would say. What suggestions do you have for keeping up with the latest treatment news about Parkinson's disease? Um, I, I think, well, yeah, thanks for the question, because I think, and it, we talked about this earlier, that it's important to do that as far as, um, you know, to stay hopeful is to keep up with those. And, you know, this day and age, obviously, this this um, program is on the Internet. I think the Internet, Internet is a tremendous resource for people with Parkinson's disease and other chronic illnesses. And, and, and Google is my favorite um, in this regard. And you can go... Go to Google and go to Google Alerts and put in keywords, um, research Parkinson's research, and then Google will automatically send you emails with with news about the latest developments. You don't have to do a thing from then on. And then you can go and get more information on the things that it tells you about. So and I, I think that's a super way to, to stay up to date. And the other thing I would recommend is uh, the other advantage to um, the Internet is is um, there are support groups um, for Parkinson's and, and other chronic illnesses. And you can connect with people. You can support others and get support from them and exchange information. And people will share about their successes 
uh, or, or lack of success with the different treatments they've tried, and you can get lots of ideas. And um, that that's one of the things that actually helped me in a big way uh, get my Crohn's into remission. I got information that I may not have gotten any any other you know, from any place else, and so I highly recommend that. YahooGroups.com is uh, one place that has lots and, I forget, tens of thousands of groups, including thousands of four people with different chronic illnesses. That's one, and then Google has groups. So so those those two ways, I think, can make a big difference if you, if you have Parkinson's disease. I have heard a huge range of responses from individuals regarding support groups. Some people love their support group. Other people refuse to return after just one visit. What should a person look for and what should they look to avoid in a support group configured for individuals currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's? Well, Robert, what I found is and I'm sorry to say this, but a lot of support groups turn out not to be supportive at all. And I think that's a shame because when you have a chronic illness, you know, it makes it a hard, uh, it can make it, and often does make it hard to get to the group and you go there and you want to be supported, but you don't get it. If, um, it turn, You know, everybody introduces themselves and they say, you know what their symptoms are and how it affects their life, and, and the talk gets kind of negative, and, and people get kind of caught up in. And one person has this sort of challenge, and the next person feels almost obligated to have have more difficult challenges, and it goes around the room. And then an hour and a half later, everybody's heard all these awful stories, and they they go to leave, and and, and they feel awful, and and so. Um, you know, if if you find yourself in one of those groups, um, I think there's two options. You you make a suggestion and say, you know, could we be a bit more positive next time? And uh, but if it's an established group, you may not be successful. And so I I would say, you know, look for another group. I I, I would look for a group that where people really do support each other, and and they those groups do exist, and um, you know, and they have an they often have an ongoing continuity that people, you know, change doesn't happen overnight, and so so the same people might be in it in a positive way for many months. And, and so if they, if they have that kind of an energy, they can make a huge difference. But if they have the other kind, if they're negative, and there there are many, too many that do, then, um, then I would say um, don't go back. That'd be that's that's my recommendation. And and um, like I say, there there's a few um, there are a few groups by phone. I have them from time to time. And the advantage of telephone groups when you can find them is you don't have to um, you don't have to get out of your house. You can do it from you know you don't have to get dressed up. You can do it from wherever you are, and uh, so it makes it easy. And, and it. It um one of the things that some people like is that it you get to share from your heart and tell you know, you can say what all your symptoms are without, you know, being embarrassed I mean, men can talk about, you know, performance issues without feeling embarrassed about doing it in a group and there's there's a safety in the 
anonymity of a phone, but you can share truly what's going on with you, but you still have that safety. And then the other thing, um, a telephone or an online group, what, what I've done at one time, uh, and, and I would do it again if it served a purpose, was one of the uh, people in my group, uh, my groups, uh, I take people with different chronic illnesses. I don't have all Parkinson's. I don't have all multiple sclerosis. I have people with different illnesses. And one person had Parkinson's disease, and she had a hard time uh, speaking. And so I set up a little, little chat room. As well, so we were all talking by phone, and we are all in the same chat room at the same time. So if she c- couldn't make herself speak in a way that uh, she was understood, you know, and sometimes she would be able to to do that, and other times she would have difficulty doing it, she could just type it in, and we would all know what she was saying. So I thought that would help facilitate the group a lot. So so that's what, yeah. That's how I would answer your question. Thank you. So in a way, if a person joins up with a group like that in a phone consultation, that is a form of a support group, but it's not face-to-face. That's right. You know, and, and it has its pluses and minuses, and I find that it works really well. And, and um, you know, since you asked, I will I will say that um, I was concerned when I started doing this with people with different illnesses if they would connect with and support each other, and I found they do very well. The illnesses are different, but there's a, a very a very good bond, very strong bond between them because they're all facing challenges of of a chronic illness and, and you know in their lives. I want to make sure everybody listening has a good sense of what a coach really is. We know what a coach of a football or a basketball team is, but the sense of coaching for a person who currently experiences a chronic illness is a foreign idea to people. So in terms of becoming a coach, did you just decide that's the work you were going to start to do, or was there some kind of training that you had to go through in order to be able to learn what you needed to do to help people? I took a year-long training course. It it wasn't... um, At that time, it wasn't certified, but we went into a lot of depth, and there was a test at the end of it. Um, so, so it was a good training, and there's lots of coaching schools. Um, some people may wonder what the difference is between coaching and therapy, which people go to when they're having challenges. And, and, and many of my clients have um, have come to me after going to a therapist. And the the broad answer is that um, in therapy and psychiatry. Um, the the method is to diagnose what's wrong with you and then to fix that and then then you're okay and in coaching the approach is different that you know you're not broken um the answer, you have your own answers you you you're not in touch with them probably because of challenges and whatever's going on, but the answers are your answers are within you, and my job as the coach is to help you find them, hold up a mirror, ask you questions, but I don't go in saying I know the answers for you know what your situation is because I don't. I mean we all have our own answers, or you know, and uh, so I just help you find your the strength that you 
may not know that you have and and, and different things like that and, and look at yourself differently from the way you have before but i don't tell you what's wrong i don't diagnose you know don't come up with a diagnostic code or anything like that i just want you to find the, what you have inside because you know we all have tremendous resources inside, way more than we're aware of. And um, so that's my job, is to help you do that so you can um, have the best life you possibly can with um, Parkinson's disease. And, and uh, it's just been really rewarding. I know you know, um, a couple of my clients, from the result of questions I've asked and things they've looked at in their own life with, with illnesses, have gone on to write blogs. And there's another thing that the Internet has made possible is uh, writing a blog, and, and one woman, you know, wrote poetry about her illness and about her life, and another wrote about um, causes of social justice and making a difference and changing the world. You know, and, and and people come and they let you know how much they appreciate you, and it's it's quite a way to uh, impact others and, and get a lot of um, you know a lot of communication and, and uh, social and other interaction. So you don't have to stay isolated. So um, there's another suggestion too. And, and I hope that it, does that answer your question about about coaching, or is there is there more does that uh, more questions indeed. for you? I think I think it does indeed. The question now turns on who should seriously consider finding a coach such as yourself. Coaches help people. Uh, struggling, uh, in your specific case with chronic illness, to overcome depression, anxiety, and hopelessness. If a person then is depressed, if they're anxious, or if they find that they're hopeless and helpless, it sounds like they need to consider the possibility of engaging a coach to help them get back on track. Is that right? In a way, yes, uh, however, I, I'm sensitive to the way people speak, and when you said they need to, you know, engage a coach, they don't need to do anything. They're they're fine. They they may want to do that because they may not be happy, and they, may, I mean, they're entitled to the best life they possibly can, and to have that, they may want to, you know, look into hiring me or someone else. I would start. I mean, they they can get my, go to my website chronic www.chronicillnesscoach.com and uh get get my free report do you want your illness to just go away you can live well whether it does or not here's how and that that could be a start for them and they may want to go further and and um have a um have a no cost session with me and what i'm doing uh what i'm going to do for your listeners Robert is normally I, I do give introductory sessions for people who want them and um and you'll see that on on one of my website pages and those those sessions are 20 minutes long and they can help people uh identify their immediate issues but what I'm going to do for your listeners is make that introductory session 45 minutes long and 45 minute sessions have made a, a big difference in many many people's lives so that's you know I I I recommend that uh, if you're listening and you think you're interested in that, to uh, contact me. That's on a first-come, first-serve basis. And then the other thing I'm going to do for your listeners is after the initial session, they'll have a chance to continue, or or they'll say, no, that's that's fine. You know, I don't want to uh, go forward at this time. And that's completely up to them. There's no force. There's no pressure to do 
because I want people to make the right decision for them. However, if they do decide to go forward, what I'm going to do for your listeners is to give them a $15 discount for every session they have after that. So that's almost a 15% discount, and uh, I would, you know, love to make it possible for as many people to take advantage of this as as possible. Well, that's an incredible offer, Tom. <laughs> I want you to know, talking about giving and generous. So a person who's listening to this is probably thinking, well, this is going to cost me money, and I'm not about to spend any money to find out what a coach does. What you're basically saying is you can a person can get a pretty comprehensive consultation, 45-minute consultation, and let me be clear about this. This means it's free. They don't, they don't actually pay you anything for this. Is that right? Pay me anything. That's right. That, <laughs> that's correct. Quite, this is quite incredible. So I'm, we're kind of talking about, all right, you know, I'm kind of wondering, do people understand what would happen? And, of course, I'm sure it depends on the particular situation in the person. But it sounds like there's a lot of questions, a lot of dialogue that goes back and forth. So, basically, the next step for a person is to say, all right, I'm, I am curious about this. I wonder how this really works. They can contact you and say, I'm going to take advantage of this offer that you uh, you put out on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio I hope they Network do. That's show. why I'm putting it out. I know. I, I love it's doing really, this. I just... It's really quite incredible. It's a very generous offer, uh, to be sure. Now, how can people uh, contact you to be able to request this free consultation for 45 minutes? Um, Well, my email, my website is chronicillnesscoach.com, and my email is tom at chronicillnesscoach.com. So they can contact me that way. Um. And there may be some people who um, who would rather call, so so I'm comfortable putting my phone number out if that's okay to do that. Oh, sure, of course. If you'd like to, okay. please do. Yeah, so, so they can call me directly, and my phone number is 805-964-8682. I want to spell that website so everybody can be clear about where they can go visit because we've got a wonderful set of pages and information about what you do. It's www.chronicillnesscoach.com, and I'm going to spell that for everyone, www.chronicillnesscoach.com. Tell folks about the uh, free report that, that people can grab on your website. Well, like I said, it, it's um, do you want your illness to just go away? You can live well whether it does or not. Here's how. And I just tell different stories. Um, I mean, let me tell your listeners that I didn't always know about self-compassion. I was I was pretty hard on myself and so I have a lot of empathy when I see other people do it. I'm, one of the things I want for your listeners and for everybody is to be gentle with yourself. We, we think we should just, you know, life should come easy and we should all be successful, you know, and a nice house and, and, and marriage and kids and everything should just come out fine and it does, life is not like that. I mean, life is tough and, and when things are hard, um, you know, 
when when things are hard for people we care about, we're compassionate. We give them compassion and empathy. But most of us don't do that for ourselves. And so the report gives some ideas. Uh, one of my analogies is, is an injured bird. What would you do with an injured bird if you came across an injured bird? You wouldn't say to the bird, why the heck aren't you flying with all the other birds? What's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> damn it. But but we do that for ourselves. And but but if we have a chronic illness like Parkinson's disease, then then sorry, I got a little dog here. Um then then um you know, we're we're in a way we're like an injured bird. And, and so give give ourselves compassion. Give yourself a big hug. I'm I'm um I'm so sorry. Let's see. I don't know if there's a place to put it, but um, I, I have an article on, on my blog, chronicillnesscoach.com slash blog, and it was I wrote it in um, August of 2009. So, you know, you can go on the date thing on the right-hand column and go to August, and, and you'll come up with it. And, and um, I titled it, I'm So Sorry. And what it is, I described how I realized, you know, about my struggle and what I needed to do for my own healing was tell the guy in the mirror how sorry I was about all he was going through and what a difference that made in my own life and my own healing. And so and and you asked about my report. That particular story isn't the report, but things like it like the like the um you know the injured bird and 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 a couple other things, a couple of other ideas for helping you be gentle and compassionate with yourself. You know ways to think about doing that because it just it's not natural for any of us in our society, but it is it is absolutely possible and it makes a huge difference. And and if you do that more out of listening to this call, you know, and don't do anything else, I'll be glad. And if you take the next step and sign up for the report, you know, I'll be even gladder. And if you want to, you know, pursue having an introductory session with me, that's great. Because the more people, I mean, that's, I just love doing that. That's, I get really passionate about that, Robert, for all of us. Um, because I, I, I see so much possibility, how much that could make life, you know, so much more satisfying and enjoyable and without all the angst and anxiety and depression and all that stuff that that so many of us struggle with every day, especially when we have a chronic illness like Parkinson's or Crohn's that I have or, you know, or any of the many serious chronic illnesses. Do you have any uh, reports you'd like to discuss just in a general sense of individuals who you have coached who have Parkinson's and the positive impact this has had on their lives? Um, Well, a a, a recent uh, person was um, struggling, let's see, struggling with telling her her family and... um, and and so we talked and and she she has been not only the go-to person for her family oldest sibling you know parents very proud of her and rightfully so but go-to person in life you know people just turn to her and and she provides support and answers and has done so for her whole life and now all of a sudden 
you know, she's not able to do that in the way that she was. I mean, obviously, she's dealing with this new challenge. And um, we had a couple of sessions, and she went. I mean, she 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 called her father, and the response was just just heartwarming. I mean, to, to hear her share it the next time was was just didn't quite bring me to tears, but 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 inside I felt it, and I know she did. It was it was it was wonderful. And then and then um, you know she a week or two later, probably two weeks later, uh, she shared uh, with her grown son, and um, and he was the one who said, "Yeah, I, I knew something was going on. I, I knew you'd tell me when you were ready." And it was just great. And, and, and the conversation went on, and, and he told her what a wonderful mom she was and had been and how grateful he was for that. So the whole experience was just really, really healing for her and and much of the anxiety that she'd had about um, the Parkinson's just just melted away. That's not to say she's not dealing with the symptoms, because she is. But she's a wonderful woman, and, and and I'm just so glad to see her not have all this anxiety about all this. So she, you know, she can use her energy now to um, to take care of herself. Energy that was tied up in worry and anxiety and and, and all what ifs, and 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 now that's that's all been put to rest, and and she's just, you know, just enjoying. Um, her family, marriage, children. Yeah, so it's been a truly wonderful story. And, and, and you know, I, I hope that her symptoms lessen dramatically. And I don't have a crystal ball. And, and you know, like like you, Robert, I, I know there's lots of ways that that most doctors aren't aware of that people can that work for people to heal themselves. So, but once that anxiety goes away and the depression, it's, it just it brings about a shift that is wonderful. So I, I hope that answers your question. I, I didn't mention the other woman who started writing poetry on her blog, and I thought that was a great thing, a great way to uh, use her energy and, and, um, and, and share her feelings about what she was going through as well. Right. Yeah, those are two quite beautiful stories indeed. So um, the question turns on if a person wants to take advantage of this incredible offer, this free offer of a really very long consultation with you of 45 minutes, they can approach that by thinking about what might be a current challenge for them. For example, it might be that they're frustrated with their support group or trying to decide what to do about that. So they could call and say, I really want to help you sort through what I can do about the support group, you know, stay, leave, if I stay, what do I do, if I leave, what do I do? So it sounds like those consultations can be very specific in character, that is, support group, yeah. or what about telling my employer, or what about telling I, I my will, I will send them a questionnaire. I will oh, send great, them a so they get a questionnaire, and so they can get an idea of the kinds of things. So they will write it down, on. yeah, both for themselves and for me. Great, great. So it's not really just a question of sort of calling and saying, "Okay, so you're a coach. What do you do?" It's yeah, more, no, no, we schedule really very this. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we schedule this in advance, and 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 then, you know, I get I send them the questionnaire, and they send me the answers. So we both know what's important to them. Oh, good. So there's a real focus. Uh, 
that's great. It's not just a question of sort of calling up and winging it. It's really a, no, yeah. a full-fledged no, yeah. uh, presentation of what the issues are so you'll know exactly how to help. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Now, that sounds quite delightful and quite wonderful. I can't believe there would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who would be calling you up over the next months and saying, okay. Maybe <laughs> right, that's why they're not calling now. <laughs> No, really. saying, everybody listening right now, now's your chance. Obviously, Tom can't be uh, providing this free offer service here uh, for months and months and months. So, uh, you know, call him up. And, uh, but but and here, here's, here's one thing, and I don't know if we'll, you know, if any of you out there will respond to this. But but I I will say one thing that happens when I coach people. Um, one on one in a group, and you know, if you call in, then then I'll coach you, and everybody listening will also hear it. And and when that happens, it's wonderful because the people listening will say, "Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's like I'm coaching that person." But but lots of people out there who are listening will get the benefit of it. So right. so if you're brave and you know up to it and, and want to get you know immediate feedback and, and suggestions right now and and, and uh, know that when you do, other people will benefit from it in ways that you you may not know, but I guarantee that that will happen. What's really interesting, actually, Tom, is we don't have any callers who called in and prompted a one to say, yeah, I'd like to be able to call in and connect. I'm not too surprised about that. People, from my experience, who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's are hesitant to ask for help. It's quite interesting. It's kind of like, okay, I can figure this out by myself. I don't need any help. So it's a huge step for many people to suddenly say, okay, wait a minute. I think uh, it would be helpful for me to ask for help. And of course, in this case, it's a question of uh, emailing you, getting the form to complete, or right now even calling up. So it doesn't surprise me that people are yeah, not I, I jumping up to say, yeah, I, I want some help. I, I, I need yeah, somebody I, to help me right now. I, I, I got a quick story for you, um, Robert, and, and this is about a man who contacted me last week um, who has ulcerative colitis, and obviously there's a lot of difference between that, but it's a serious chronic illness, and he found himself on a couple months disability every year struggling with the symptoms, and, and, and it was ironic um, because because he's a drug salesman. And the drugs weren't helping him, so so he was looking at other things to do. And and uh, we talked about him, and he described himself. He said my friends would describe me as aggressive, you know, aggressive salesman. He makes the sale. He goes out there, you know, puts in the hours and and, and does all that. And and I said, um, he said George, and his name's not George, but he said George. Um, how how would you like working for somebody who's aggressive as aggressive as you are you know and, and just go, go go you know and demand 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 and all that he says no i wouldn't like that he says well you are you are working for somebody like that <laughs> and, and and now the, and see oh wow you're right and um so I'm going to check back with him and see. I mean, he he got a lot of value, but, but here's here's why I brought that up. It's because he he sees that a change would be really helpful. So he 
he wouldn't he wouldn't be that way because it's taken a toll on his body. And I'm not saying like it's his fault, but we all have our way of showing up, and and uh, you know we all have our way of talking to ourselves. And, and you pro- you may know the studies of you know the the uh, meditators who meditate on plants and they grow wonderfully well compared to other plants that don't get the love oh, for yeah. the meditation. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and our cells respond the same way. Okay. Now, now uh, George, you know he's going to try to change. But all he knows how to change is to do it in an aggressive way. He's he's going to aggressively try to change. I mean, he can't help it. Because, <laughs> and that's not his, that's his fault. Way. That's, that's his way. And so I wish him well, and I hope he hires me for his own, you know, his own good. And he may or he may not. That's up to him. But for all of us, and, and myself included, you know, it's difficult if not impossible to see outside of ourselves to look in and see how we actually are because that's all we know you know the fish like the fish in the water you know the fish doesn't know what water is because because it's in it all the time and we're in ourselves so we don't know how we are so so i just want to say you know take advantage of someone else who has experience in looking and saying, here's, here's what I see, you know, and has a lot of practice and, and has a skill at doing that. So you can get started and then take as much advantage as you possibly can because you're worth it. It is, in fact, very hard, I know, for individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's to be able to make any change at all in their modus operandi the fact is that many, many, many individuals have been very successful in the careers and the work that they've done in their life. So they know they've succeeded. They know they've been successful. It's really hard to shift gears and do things a different way. So it's a true challenge to, when the body all of a sudden says, okay, there needs to be some adjustments here. And for people, I think that's the hardest thing there is in, in life. It's terrible. It's really, it's really a nightmare for for people because uh, it's been their way. They've been successful. They love it. They get energy from it. Um, people, from my experience, uh, who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's are hard drivers. They're the people who make the world go around, quite frankly. And all of a sudden, to be uh, uh, faced with the challenge of making a change is a true formidable challenge. And uh, to do that alone is is virtually impossible, is is my guess. And so, getting a coach yeah. is a great alternative. And, and and don't be hard on yourself for having a because it's hard to do because you've all done all these things like Robert just described, and now you're trying this and and it's just not going the way you think it should. You know, that's not a reason to uh, get down on yourself because it is hard. It is hard to change yourself, and and and, and absolutely. So so. You know, be gentle with yourself and understanding and and get yourself all the help you possibly can. You know, use all the resources available. And I want to remind everybody an excuse here is not that we don't have any money. I have a great story uh, to tell you about the Parkinson's Recovery Summit. Uh, We held that last Monday in Vancouver, Washington. There were 12 individuals who donated their time for the entire day to provide free treatments to people, given the particular modality that they represented. We had about 100 individuals who came, and so they circled around the entire room from from station to station, getting these incredible experiences from 
true professionals in their field. And I uh, had an extensive conversation with a leader of a support group in Portland and uh, asked, well, I was uh, just curious about why there weren't, you know, three or four or 500 people who came to the summit because it was free. It cost people absolutely nothing. It was sponsored by Parkinson's Recovery. And she laughed and she said, oh, I have to tell you a funny story. I had a flyer about the summit and I was passing it out to people in Portland at a Parkinson's uh, support group. And uh, one of the people picked up the sheet, and the sheet very clearly specified what was going to happen, who were going to be the uh, health care providers and the therapists uh, who were going to be present offering all of these free services that, by the way, would cost, if you combine them all together, of 1000 or $1,500. And at the bottom, you know, it clearly specified free, but the person looked at that, and, uh, you know, they, they spent uh, a minute or so looking at it, and they looked uh, back up, and they said, oh, um, this cost way too much. <laughs> she laughed and she said, no, no, look again, it's free, it doesn't cost anything. So there's almost a knee-jerk reaction some people have that, oh, no, no, this uh, I, I, I can't afford it. <laughs> I'm not good enough, right. I'm not worth it, you know. When the truth is, of course you're worth it, please, hello. But in this case, you're removing that obstacle. So everyone who's listening, hello out there. <laughs> You've got an opportunity here that's quite golden. I'd seize the opportunity if I were you and give Tom a call. So give that phone number once again uh, to everyone, Tom. Sure. The phone number is 805-964-8682. And explain to people sort of in summary form, if you could again, what people would be able to expect and get benefit from having a coaching session with you? You'll get new ideas. You'll see your illness in a different way, and you'll see things that you can do to start having a better life as you know, in the middle of the call and continue for the rest of your life. And you can pursue that and get more if you want or stop right there. But I, I, in, in, in all honesty, Robert, many people have had dramatic shifts in in their first session. And um, it's 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 wonderful. It's been really rewarding, and and um, I hope people take advantage of this. I'm glad you're doing the work, Tom. We need more people like you who are doing this work, which is obviously transforming many people's lives. Well, thank you. Very I have much. one more question I want to ask you. A piece of advice that I think people would really appreciate. I've heard many concerns from people about the fact that uh, uh, their doctors don't spend much time with them, and the time that they do spend, uh, they really feel like their doctors are not listening to them. So I know it's a very common problem for persons who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. Do you have any suggestions for people about how to how to address this kind of challenge? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I I've had um, some really great doctors and several who were not 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 satisfactory. And I figured out um, that that yeah, doctors have degrees. I mean, I grew up um, in the fifties and sixties, and, and doctors were put on pedestals. And I realized. Uh, after interacting with many of them, with, with you know, in, from a place of desperate need and not getting, not getting take the care that I needed, that they were human. You know, they, they made mistakes. And um, okay, so so I I shifted and I saw that they were, 
they were kind of like um, they weren't up on pedestals. They they were um, like mechanics. Only instead of mechanics for my car, they were mechanics for my body. And when I go to a car mechanic, um, you know, the car mechanic he tells me what my car needs, and but he doesn't do the work until I give the okay. And then if I demand it, um, then then he has to give me the the you know the used parts back, you know, the ones he took out. So I'm the boss, and I I get to decide, and I decided that's the way it's going to be with doctors. That, I mean, I was going to stay the boss, and he was he was going to be the knowledgeable mechanic, and I greatly appreciated his service. But frankly, and I don't know if this makes sense to you or to you, Robert, or the people listening. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But if if there was a mistake to be made, you know. Um, and a wrong treatment, I wanted to be the one responsible. I mean, like a car, you know, a car gets repaired, the mechanic doesn't drive it off, you know, out of the shop. I'm the one who has to drive it home and, and use it to drive to work or on vacation or whatever. That's not his problem anymore. It's mine. Well, after the treatment's done, you know, I, I leave the doctor's office. It's not his problem anymore. It's my, it's my body. It's my life. And so I wanted to be responsible for it. And if I made a mistake, I did my best, and so be it. But if he made a mistake, and I, you know, I just caved and, and let him go along with it, and I had a feeling that that wasn't the right thing, and he didn't really understand, I wasn't going to tolerate that. And so that's why I I hold them like um, car mechanics in a way. I mean, what I want is a partnership, but if I can't have that, I want, you know, I'm the one in charge. It's my responsibility because it's my body. And I'm going to take care of it and be responsible for it. Let me summarize for everyone Tom's contact information. You can email Tom at the following email address, Tom, T-O-M, at chronicillnesscoach.com. His phone number, where you can also uh, reach him at, is 805-964-8682. So take action now. I wouldn't sit around and dilly-dally because he's got the offer of a free 45-minute coaching session that uh, I'm betting is going to be incredibly valuable and transformative for you. So give him an email, give him a call, sign up, connect with him, and see what coaching can do for you, particularly if you find that you are overstressed, depressed, anxious, feel hopeless and helpless. This is something you can do for yourself now. So let me suggest take action and make it happen now. Tom Robinson, thank you so much for being my guest today on the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. Thank you very much, Robert. I was really glad to be here. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And again, everyone, take action. Call up, email, and get your free consultation. The fact is that we all have blockages. We all have unconscious reasons why we don't take the action we need to take. And Tom is a person out there. He's a resource available to you, and his intention is to be able to be of service. So please respond 
And if you've never had an experience with what a coach can do for you, now's an opportunity for you to actually experience that. And again, you don't have to put out one cent. It's just like the Parkinson's recovery summit, a golden opportunity to experience many different therapies to see which ones are going to be most helpful to you. Here's another just such opportunity. So again, call, email, Put your name in, fill out the form, and have your session with him. I believe you will be delightfully surprised. I also want to make sure everyone knows that I've just completed the second edition of Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. It took me forever to finish writing the second edition. I started back in December and thought that I would be completed in a couple of weeks. And the good news is that as I delve into all of the events, all of the discoveries from the last year, there was a lot to summarize. There was a lot to write up. We've discovered uh, new information about new causes, new factors that are creating the neurological conditions associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. We have been able to uncover uh, uh, quite a few additional natural, safe, and non-invasive therapies that are clearly having a remarkable impact on individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. And so I've basically added all of that information to the 2010 version of Road to Recovery uh, from Parkinson's Disease. So that's finally out. That's uh, hot on the press. You can get more information about my uh, second edition book by going to the website www.parkinsonsdisease.me. So the word Parkinson's without an apostrophe combined together with the word disease.me. Or, of course, you can also acquire a... uh, a a copy from Amazon. I really encourage you to go to the main website at least for the next uh, week or so because uh, the Amazon uh, stocks quite a few books uh, in advance and you might actually be purchasing the 2010 edition. So for those of you who are listening, I'd suggest you go to the uh, website and purchase it through there. You'll for sure get the uh, new uh, uh, revision, uh, edition number two for 2011, which is uh, actually a much longer uh, book. We've got details on all the radio show interviews with individuals who have recovered the kinds of things that they've talked about that have made a big difference to them. And, of course, in the book, there are links and references to uh, all of the resources that we've discovered are making a huge difference to individuals who currently experience uh, the symptoms of Parkinson's. So that's basically the story of what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show, that you are on the road to recovery. Have a marvelous week, and we look forward to connecting with you this next Wednesday, same time, same hour, 3 o'clock, Pacific Time, 6 o'clock Eastern Time. Good day.